Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Morning Devotion. Thursday, July the 30th, in the name of Jesus. It's going to be an amazing day. Just believing God's going to do something great. Just a little programming note. 21 days of prayer is starting this Sunday morning. This Sunday morning. You don't want to miss this. I want you to be a part of this. We want you to rally together. This is how this all began a year ago in August. So we're going to rally together 21 days, straight days, prayer, fasting, starting 7 a.m., sharing with you some hopefully inspiring things to not just motivate your prayer life, but to secure our prayers, bind us together, and let's see some amazing things in God. We need the hand of God. Can I get a witness to that? We need the hand of God working in our midst. So it's good to have you here, April and Keith and Sissy and Hope and Ginger and Natalie. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of this and joining in with us here. I saw my mom join in. There's my wife there, Bill, Linda, Glenn, Joe. Thank you. Thank you for rallying together and saying we're going to stand and withstand in this hour, in this time of crisis. I want to talk to you about growing in times of crisis. Crisis, the word originates in Latin. It was used by Hippocrates to indicate a turning point in a sickness or a malady, that turning point where a patient would grow better or a patient would grow worse and pass. We are in a crisis, a watershed moment, a turning point when things will either grow better significantly or worse. A crisis is when who you are, what you are, and what you have are threatened. You're just not sure about anything anymore. A crisis is when the earth has moved underneath your feet and your your premise for living and your hope is challenged. When relationships have failed, your dreams gone up in smoke. When what you work for seems such a waste and you start to question, was it worth it? Am I going to make it? I, I want you to know you're not alone. Crisis moments come to all. And there are Bible moments to describe just such an indication, like when Joseph was sold into Egypt or Moses standing before an immense Red Sea, three Hebrew children facing a fiery furnace, Daniel facing a lion's den, Paul overboard in an ocean all night long. The crisis we face today is incomparable in our lifetimes. It's like wave upon wave, crisis upon crisis, trouble upon trouble, layering of so many things. We have so many crises, we don't know which one to face. We got a healthcare crisis, financial crisis, employment crisis, political crisis. We are surrounded by a, a menagerie of crises. I won't go into the source of all these. 
I, I do believe in some way it's reaping day for America. It is a reckoning coming upon our world. Uh, but I am speaking to you who are not of this world. Your citizenship is in heaven and your hope is beyond this life. And it serves, the Bible says, as the anchor of the soul. You've got an anchor. And I want to ask how people of faith survive and thrive during these seasons and how can you and I grow in times of crises. There's a phrase found in that great messianic chapter of Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, where Jesus is described, where the rigors of Calvary are described, where the time of testing and the purpose behind it all, that great chapter, Isaiah 53. Here's the way Jesus is described. He is described partly, not just as a man of sorrow, not whose just visage was torn and marred, but as the root out of dry ground that he springs forth when the ground was hard and rocky and seemingly incapable of growth, that he comes and he comes alive. And I think that's what we are seeing and will see today. People in impossible situations that they are growing through times of crisis. Oh, yes, we are. Can I get a witness to that? So Glenn and Patty and Deborah and Jennifer, Don, we are going to thrive, not survive. We're going to grow in times of crisis. Uh, we're we're going to move ahead in this season of masking and masquerade. We are going to grow and see God do some great things. Uh, there are going to be miracles emerge from this hour that will be written about uh, in the history books of heaven. And I want to be a part of those. Can I get a witness to that? Amen. Amen. I think that's what we're going to see today. We're going to see people grow in times of crisis. Now, now, first of all, let me deal with the question of why some believers will not grow in times of crisis. And that, I think there's a several reasons. Let me just give you a handful of them. One of them is faithlessness. Jesus asked, how is it you have no faith? And when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Faith pleases God. Faith says, you know, I'm going to live to worship another day. Oh, yes, I am. Faith is a shield to protect us. Faithlessness will cause you not to thrive in times of crisis. Here's another one, isolation, trying to do it all by ourselves, going alone mentality. And that's not going to work. That's not going to work in this day and age. We need people of like, we need morning devotion. Amen. We need to gather together. Here's another reason, rebellion. If we're in opposition with God, if we're fighting for our own causes, uh, then we're going to insist on our will and not his will. Here's another one, unforgiving spirit. <clears throat> Rather than pushing up and through the rocky soil, we're clinging to some bit of dirt and trash and holding on to something. You're not going to get through crisis holding on to junk. You're not going to get through crisis holding on to anger and having your little temper tantrums. You're not going to get through by money, talent, mind games, willpower, lies. You're not going to get through by fighting God, fighting others. You're going to get through this 
when you and I look holy and completely unto him who is going to bring us through. To be a root out of dry ground, we've got to look to the root out of dry ground. To grow in times of crisis, there's some things you and I have got to fully appreciate. First of all, here's what you've got to do to grow in times of crisis. You ready? You got to know God is still on his throne. The saying originated on the cusp of the Second World War. It's got many variations, and it's rooted in sarcasm. When someone tries to tell you something, what to do, there's the old response is, who died and made you boss? When we start to feel, here's 10 single-syllable words that will kill us. If it is to be, it is up to me. Oh, you need to remember Jesus is not dead. He's alive. And he still occupies that throne. He didn't die to make you king. He didn't die to make you boss. Uh, he came as a root out of dry ground to let you know that the throne of heaven is still occupied. Jacob at Bethel, as we saw yesterday, he saw the ancient of days on the top. Ezekiel in captivity. Have you? Oh my, he caught a glimpse of God on his throne. Stephen, as he was being stoned, uh, caught a glimpse of that. Paul through untold sufferings. John banished, exiled. Uh, there are times when life gets so rough, these biblical examples, uh, that we need to look up into heaven and say, God, you're still on your throne. You are still Lord of all. Heaven is your throne and earth is your footstool. And during this season, this season of trial and pain and loss and hurt, it's easy to forget that God still reigns. But I love what Habakkuk says. Habakkuk, the Lord is in his holy temple let all on earth keep silence before him. It's a consolation to know he's still boss. We're not boss. Amen. He's still in charge. And amid the chaos, if you're going to grow in times of crisis in the midst of this pandemic, you've got to believe God is still at work. You may not can see him, but he's still at work. He's still on his throne. He still rang. He's not dead. We are not God. He is alive and he is at work in the midst of everything going on around you and all of the crazy media reports and all of the crazy, hurtful, hateful things being said. He is alive. He's on his throne. Second of all, and this is the second premise, if you're going to grow in times of crisis, realize he's still on his throne and that means you need to let go of what's not in your control. Since God is on his throne, there are things that belong to God. They don't belong to us. Things that only he can control. Hey, let me tell you a secret. We're not God. He is. Yeah. We're not Lord. He is. Lordship is not a popular concept, but boy, it's a freeing concept in this day. He's not just king of kings and occupies that throne. He is Lord of lords, uh, and he's got it all in control. Sister Lee, he's got it all in control. Jonathan, Sister Jewel, uh, Becky, Neva, Winnie, he's got it all in control. He is Lord of lords, and his will should be magnified. Uh, it was Reinhold Niebuhr. He's perhaps one of the most celebrated Christian leaders of the 20th century. It was in the midst of Great Depression that he coined a prayer, been many variations of this prayer, a prayer that has been used often since in pretty much any 12-step recovery program. 
Niebuhr prayed, God, give me grace to accept with serenity the things that cannot be changed. Courage to change the things which should be changed. And the wisdom to distinguish the one from another. And the prayer goes on, living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time. Accepting hardship as the pathway to peace, taking, as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting, Lord, that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with you forever in the world to come. Do you get it? Yeah, in an abbreviated form, it's called the serenity prayer. An abbreviated form of that is found in many 12-step recovery programs. What most of us suffer in times of crisis, listen to me carefully, is coming to grips with things that are not in our control. The things are hurting us. People are hurting us. Someone made a decision that wronged us. We're trying to control situations that we cannot control. And all it does is add to our anxiety and our frustration. Oh, my, my. You know what you need to do? I'm just going to stop right now. You need to share this with somebody. You need to share this with somebody with the message, God is still in control. He's still in control. Uh, He's got it all. We used to sing that song. He's got the whole world in his hands. Oh my, he got you and me, brother. He's got you and me, my enemy. He's got us all in control. And I believe that. And I believe that. Someone made a decision that wronged us. We, we're trying to control something that cannot be controlled. We need to release things. We need to release things through prayer into his care. And that's a way to grow in times of Christ. Are we doing okay? We doing okay? Uh, Yolanda, are we doing okay out there right now? Joy, Lynn, Georgia, are we doing okay? Hey, Gala, been praying for you. Are we, we doing all right? Okay, all right. Let's go to number three. The third way we're going to grow in time of crisis is appreciate the worth of trials. Now, if you've heard me any length of time, you know this is a common theme in my writing, in my speaking, common because it's so common. We struggle with this. Uh, We think it's strange that we go through trials of fiery trials. We want the good but resist anything we perceive to be bad, that looks bad, that smells bad. But quite often, it's the bad that brings the good. It's the bad where God is saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. We look at this present world and think, how can anything good come out of this? But God said, I can work everything together for good. So as James said, let patience have her perfect work. If you will patiently hold on, something good's going to come out of this. So rather than asking, how do I get out of this trial? Say, how do I get through this rocky trial? I'm a root out of dry ground. God, what are you trying to teach me? How are you trying to help me grow strong? And this is the fourth principle. Stay strong in the Lord. If you're going to grow in times of crisis, you got to be strong in the Lord, in the power of his might. You cannot do this by yourself. You cannot face this day with your own strength. Oh my. Do you know that because so many people read the Bible online now that Bible reading can be measured. 
when the pandemic hit, initially Bible reading went up. People thought, man, I've got time to read the Bible. But do you know of late, the last few weeks, Bible reading is steadily going down, more so amongst women than men. At the very moment, you know, uh, the psalmist said he, he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemy. At the very moment, we need to dine on the bread of God. At the very moment, we need spiritual sustenance. Uh, at the very moment, uh, we need the angel from heaven to cook uh, some bread on the fire and say, take and eat this, and you're going to go in the strength of this uh, for 40 days. At the very time, we need strength. We have turned from the table of the Lord. Uh, you, you need some fresh bread during this time. You need fresh bread. That was the divine mandate of Exodus 25. Always keep the fresh bread of his presence on the table before me. Uh, we need the bread of his presence. Uh, oh, praise God. Without the word, we're going to fall by the wayside. Without the strength of God, we cannot make it. So pick up your Bible. Read it again. Form a group. Uh, oh, Brother Gurley, I'm just starving for fellowship. Well, form a little group where you're holding one another accountable to read the word of God, share the word of God. Are you going to let the media's thoughts dominate your thoughts? Are you going to let one conspiracy theory after another dominate this thought? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ. If you're going to be a root out of dry ground, if you're going to grow in times of crisis, you need his thoughts to be in your thoughts. Can I get a witness to that? Amen. Amen. Number five, purpose to honor God. Six ways we're going to grow in times of crisis. This is number five, purpose to honor God. Above all else, God must receive glory from our lives. Above all else, what brings God glory? Looking to him, leaning on him, trusting in him, never deviating from pleasing him. May God receive honor from the lives that we're living in a pandemic world right now. It is said that not one word of the prophet Samuel fell to the ground. Oh, God, let that be said of us. No idle words, no silly, goofy words and sentiments, no sarcastic comments and cynicism. It was said of Job in all these things he did not sin. He honored God. Are we bringing glory and honor to him, or is that just a song that we sing? Uh, can I just tell you a secret? More believers lie through songs than any other time. We sing things like, I surrender all. We don't. We sing all glory and honor to Jesus, and we don't give it to him. Down through the ages, you hear me carefully, great crises make great saints. Saints who say, I will bring honor to God in everything I say, do, and think. Paul said the love of Christ, it constrains us. It compels us. Uh, we're living lives of honor and glory. It compelled a man named Telemachus from Asia Minor. He had made a journey to Rome in 400 AD, his first time in the city, apparently. And by that time, the Roman emperor was Christian or so-called Christian. Many people in Rome were so-called Christians, but the game still continued at the Colosseum, swept up in the crowd. Telemachus soon found himself carried into the Colosseum, and there to his horror, 
He saw gladiators slaying one another. He, he wasn't immune to it. He wasn't callous to it. He wasn't accustomed to people doing this to one another and hurting people like this uh, without even probably realizing it, without conscious decision. Uh, he raced from the stands. Telemachus leapt into the arena and began darting back and forth between the fighters saying, stop, stop. In the name of Jesus Christ, I beg you to stop. The crowd was at first amused by him, but when they began to hear what he was saying, they began to shout that someone should kill him. And the gladiator, one of the gladiators obliged and ran a sword through him. The audience pelted him with trash and stone. His last words, stop, stop. In the name of Jesus Christ, stop. He died, but not in vain. Because history tells us the emperor that day issued an edict forbidding all future games. The love of Christ is compelling you in this season. It is motivating you. It is putting your feet uh, on a certain path. Uh, your life was meant to bring honor to God, a sweet smelling savor, a fragrance to God. And number six, and finally, receive the love of God. God cares what you're going through. You can cast all your care on him. Let God love you during this time. Let God draw you by his spirit. Don't be a driven person. I never have liked that word driven, driven. You can't be driven. You must be drawn, drawn by a love and a grace and a mercy uh, that says you're not perfect but you're pushing through dry ground right now. I'm drawing you by my spirit into a heavenly realm. You're in a rocky soil. You're in a rough time, but let the love of God draw you into a place that you've never been before. God cares what we're going through. Hear me, morning devotion group. God cares what you're going through. Contrice and Ruth uh, and Donna, Vicky, God cares what you're going through. Uh, he knows what you're going through. You can cast your care on him. So six ways to grow in times of crisis is to, number one, know that God is still on the throne. Number two, let let go of what's not in your control. Number three, appreciate the worth of trials. Number four, stay strong in the Lord. Uh, number five, purpose. Purpose, I'm going to honor God in everything I say and do. Uh, and six, receive the love of God. Let the love of God be shed abroad in your heart in this season right now and allow and allow the Holy Spirit, as gentle as a dove, to light on your soul and to bring you the peace that passes all understanding. Folks, he's in our midst. We're in some rocky soil right now, but oh, we're a chip off the old block. We, we, we have a piece of that root of dry ground inside of us. We abide in the vine of the Lord Jesus Christ, and there is life emerging. There is life emerging in the midst of this world in which we live, and I believe God is going to let you grow in this time of crisis. Can you give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ? Oh, praise God. Like the page, follow the page, share the page, get it around one to another. I, I'm going to see you again tomorrow morning, Friday, Friday at 7 o'clock, Lord willing. And then this Sunday, 
August the 2nd, we begin our 21 days of prayer and fasting and would love for you to loop as many people into these 21 days as we possibly can. I'm believing God for a great awakening. There is going to be growth in time of crisis. May God be with you. God bless you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.